Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Hello, hello, hello. This is episode 201, if you can believe that, of the Locked On NFL podcast. And I've been a part of everyone since the beginning. The Locked On Network is doing really well. I'm actually meeting with a advertiser here in a couple hours. You'll be hearing about them next couple weeks. They're signed up. If anybody out there is interested in advertising on the show, the download numbers are starting to really grow. Keep spreading the word. But if you do want to advertise, drop me a line on Twitter. Uh, I would love to hear from you. Maybe we could set something up. Not my specialty, but I'll set you up with my man, David Locke, and we will get it rolling. Um, The NFL schedule came out yesterday. We're not going to talk about that, but it did. And I did an hour Steelers show uh, last night analyzing their schedule, but... The Chiefs are going to go to Kansas, or Chiefs are going to go to New England for opening day. Um, I always feel for that poor team. It's always a good team that has to go on the road opening day to visit the Super Bowl champions on Thursday night. What a brutal situation for anyone. So that's a rough gig on the Chiefs. But what we are going to continue doing today is. In case you haven't listened earlier in the week, the first two episodes, shame on you for six weeks if you haven't. Ah, speaking of shame on you for six weeks, that's a Mike Langism. My pens advanced last night. Gotta love that. After I did my radio show, I met my buddies at Permanis, and we watched the pens put away the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. So they're moving on. Congrats to my pens. I know most of you don't care, but you're going to hear it anyways. Such is life. Anyway. Uh, Monday and Wednesday, I did a mock draft, but in a unique manner. I am the GM of every team, and I am making the pick as if I am, you know, in charge of that team. So, whoever's gone, I can't take, obviously. Um, so I'm selecting them as if it was my choice only. I'm going to review quickly those top 20 picks that are off the board, And we are going to complete round one. I'm thinking maybe Monday or Sunday doing another one. And maybe we'll just keep this going. You know, because the Rams and Vikes won't get a pick. And there's still so many good players. I mean, I made these choices. And there's only 32 dudes off the board. And, man, I could easily spit out another, you know, 15, 18, 20, 32, whatever of quality picks. And what will be fun about that is, you know, for example, at 33, the Browns will have already had Miles Garrett and Patrick Mahomes. And now, you know, every all the teams will pretty much already have a guy and a need filled. So we might just keep this going, you know, during draft week because it's, it's getting really, really strong feedback. Let me know what you think on that. Would you like to hear a round two leading up to Thursday? I think we could pull that off for sure. Uh, My knowledge of the draft is pretty expansive at this point, as it needs to be, because Thursday is the draft, which makes this draft day EVVVVVV, something like that. Anywho, uh, these are the 20 dudes that I picked as the GM of these respective teams in order. 
Browns took Miles Garrett. San Francisco took Solomon Thomas. Chicago took Jamal Adams. Jacksonville took Leonard Fournette. Tennessee took Marshawn Lattimore. Jets took O.J. Howard. Chargers took Malik Hooker. Carolina took Jonathan Allen. The Bengals took Reuben Foster. Corey Davis goes to Buffalo at 10. The Saints hit Derek Barnett. The Browns took Patrick Mahomes with their second pick. He's my favorite quarterback, so if you don't like it, tough noogies. The Cardinals took Hassan Reddick at 13. The Eagles take Gary and Conley at 14. The Colts take Christian McCaffrey. It would be highly intriguing to see that happen at 15. The Ravens take kind of a safe pick with Garrett Bowles. Same with Washington with Tredavious White. The Titans take Mike Williams. Um, the Bucks take Joe Mixon. Hey, it's me picking. That's what I chose to do. I met with a kid. I thought he was all right. You can listen to my rationale on the Wednesday show. And then we finished the Wednesday show with Denver taking a pretty safe pick that uh, on Ryan Ramchek. And just a quick note should come out today. Um, I wrote five things for FanRagSports.com of the do not list for this draft. And one of them was do not think offensive linemen are like everybody else. And basically what I said is if you have a third round pick on an offensive lineman, you better take him in a second. You got a second round pick on them, you better take him in the late first. You know, all the way down the list. Because as is the case with quarterbacks, if I really think it's gotten to that point with, with offensive linemen that if you want one, you have to overdraft him. And such is life. But that's the way it's going to be. And I hope teams realize that or they're not going to get them. Okay, so now we got the Lions on the clock. Denver just took Ramchek. They were torn. Between, I was torn between Ramchek and the Joku. Went with a little bit of the safer pick. Took the tackle. The Lions I also considered Najoku and be a bit of a luxury item, but I really like the player. Can't really believe he's still out there type of deal. Considered it. And again, I went for the double. You know, I've been saying this for a while now. I'm taking a lot of doubles off the wall. You know, nothing wrong with a leadoff double. Start the bottom of the second inning or whatever, you know. And with the Lions, what I did was I took Jared Davis, the linebacker from Florida. With the intention of, man, this defense needs a face of the defense and every down player on the second level. Their linebackers are putrid. That You can't ignore defense anymore. You know They spent the offseason upgrading the offensive line despite having two of their starters up for free agency. I think Stafford is to the point now where he's nearing elite status and can handle with average to above average weaponry, but the defense stinks. And I think as a general rule of thumb, the Lions need to take best defensive player available. Uh, you could have thought of a guy like Taco Charlton or a handful of other edge rushers. But with Foster, obviously, and Reddick off the board, I think they would run to the podium if it was Reddick. If I was a GM, I, that's who I was would have been hoping would have fallen really think you need an every-down, second-level player. Um, could use a safety, could use a corner, too. I don't think you turn or could use a defense tackle. I don't think you turn your nose up at any of those spots if you're the Lions. But I took Davis, some much-needed athleticism, some every-down potential for the second level. I seem to be doing all this a lot. Like I said, I'm cool with hitting doubles in the first round. And you also have to 
you know, overdraft offensive lineman. I think the Dolphins need a guard, and then they basically need to just go all defense. So, as the GM of the Dolphins, I'm taking Forrest Lamp here, inserting him in as a starting guard. Drafted Tunsil last year, drafted Jones a year before, James, you know, recently. Pouncey's also a first-round pick. Probably be sort of weak at the other guard position, but with all these first-rounders running around, I think I have a chance to have one of the better lines in the league for the long term. And my intentions from this point on as the Dolphins are defense, 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 defense. But you knock out a big need, make Tannehill's life easier. Linemen don't grow on trees. I like this pick a lot for Miami at number 22. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. So that brings us to the Giants. And they would have liked the linemen, there's no doubt. Uh, I mean, uh, Cam Robinson is still available. I would certainly consider him at this point. Would they go a big running back? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I think it's a need, but I think you could find that guy in round three or four. Linebacker's always a need, and since I'm the GM, I would consider one, but Davis is gone. I don't think they would ever consider one early. Uh, a defensive tackle to replace Hankins, I think, will be, uh, you know, on the agenda. But Njoku's too good to pass up here. You know, that if you can, you have Brandon Marshall and David Njoku to that passing game this year. Oh, baby, you know, now you're talking. And Robinson was hard to pass up, you know, but Njoku, to me, is the better prospect. Fits the system, you know, he can really run. You remember, you know, that Ben came over, Ben McAdoo came over from the Packers. They always want that athletic, Jermichael Finley, Jared Cook, Martellus Bennett-type tight end. And Njoku's a little different. He's more Finley than Bennett. But you'll see him detach quite a bit. You'll see three-by-one sets with three receivers to one side and the Joku to the other. And then, you know, a guy like Hill is your number two. I mean, now now he's, that's, you know, you're, you upgrade twice there in a, in a way. Better red zone action with Njoku and Marshall, some physicality and, and size. So I like this pick a lot, although I am worried about the Giants' offensive line, without question. The Raiders... The Raiders could have went in a couple directions, too. I mean, their needs aren't massive. Uh, I'm, as the GM of the Raiders, I'm operating under the assumption that Lynch is going to be part of my team, at least for this year. I certainly would have considered Mixon still. Um, I'm not going to consider Cook, just because the only kind of back I would want to bring in, because I like Washington, um, you know, the, the smaller backs there I think are okay. The only type of back I would want to bring in for Oakland is a big bruiser. I think the rest of the offense is pretty well set. Uh, they could use a nose tackle type. They certainly could use second level defensive help. Davis would have still been there. That would have been a strong consideration. But I took a big physical corner that I think Al Davis would have loved in Marlon Humphrey from Alabama. Really talented. 
nasty. I mean, physical tackler. I mean, the most physical corner in this draft gets beat too much. I mean, his deep ball skills are really the only concern with him. But you don't have to thrust them right into the action. I mean, you have another big corner in Oakland. Those guys don't grow on trees. You still have, you might want to add a slot guy because, I mean, that's one of their issues is they don't have a quick cover dude. But Humphreys is a nice ta- Humphrey is a nice talent here with a lot of ability. I didn't see a wonderful fit for the Raiders at 24. I gave him Humphrey. Brings us to Houston. And... I was on a podcast the other day, and they asked me to be the GM of the Texans. And I said, that I have two major goals in this draft if I'm Houston. And shame on you if you don't come up with an offensive tackle and a quarterback. I certainly considered the quarterback here. I mean, in this draft, which I don't think this is how it's going to go. This is if I were picking. It just shows I'm not all that fond of these quarterbacks. You got every quarterback to pick from but Mahomes. You know, so... I'm sure many Texans fans would be like, give me Trubisky, give me Trubisky. Well, I like Kaiser better than Trubisky. Sorry, I'm, uh, it's my draft. I'm the GM. But I gave him Cam Robinson. It's just because you plug this dude in at right tackle. You drafted Martin last year. I think people forget that. Dwayne Brown's still kicking at left tackle. I think you'd have a pretty good line. Of course, you know, quarterback's a big problem. And they have some other needs, but... I think, you know, you're looking in the second round for sure, quarterback. Maybe even I'm taking my second and third round pick and moving up to the top of the second to get a Kaiser or a Watson or somebody like that. Or you settle for a second level guy like a Peterman. You know, I I would think O'Brien's high on Peterman. But Cam Robinson's too talented at a position of massive need, and I don't think you'll see anything like him in Houston's second round to pick from. Kind of an easy choice, although you hate to not take a quarterback here for the Texans. But again, they have two goals um, with some things sprinkled in. But I mean, that's the two things that has to get done for the Houston Texans. Seattle's sort of similar in that I think they absolutely have to upgrade the cornerback position for sure, or you know, add to it, and they need to get better on the offensive line, which is no, you know, no secret. Robinson just fell. So I take Kevin King, keep him in the Pacific Northwest. He is the perfect fit for this team. My hunch is in reality, he doesn't last till 26. But in this one I did, and I didn't doctor it in any way to make my life easier and make these picks. Um, And the Raiders maybe should have taken him at 24. They went with Humphrey, more of a man coverage guy. Um, And I don't think Seattle would have frowned on taking Humphrey either. So Seattle runs to the podium in this situation, takes King with the intentions of the rest of this draft, looking for offensive linemen. Not such a shabby situation for them, though. It's a good player, a good fit. Keep him close to home. And one more note on Seattle, and this goes back to that the draft magazine that I wrote, wrote with Ross Tucker. Urge you to check that out. Uh, they're, they're out right now. Draft Digest. Go to draftdigest.com. Put in the, the promo code MATT. But I had read to you a couple weeks ago when I turned it in for there, my draft ditty, you know, a sentence about each team uh, that I did just go into drafthistory.com and checking out all these trends. And interesting trends with Seattle is I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they have drafted an unbelievably small number of corners since taking Richard Sherman, I think, in the fifth round. It's, it's remarkable. 
Um, I think it's time for that to change. They've gotten away with, you know, and they've gotten away with it. I mean, it's been a phenomenal reason behind their success that people don't talk about. But in the past three draft, they have drafted five offensive linemen in over in the top four rounds. So in these past three class, they've added five offensive linemen to the top four rounds. So it's time for some of them to step up. I know everyone's talking about the need for Seattle's O-line. But there's young bodies in the house that are ready to, you know, contribute. I don't think you can ignore that. Brings us to Kansas City at 27. Uh, here's where I put Kaiser, you know, and I think you could think a little bit of McNabb for Reed. Don't have to play him right away at all. Very high ceiling. Um, yes, they could use a guard. Yes, they could use a linebacker. A corner wouldn't kill him. Pretty much anything sprinkling on that defense wouldn't hurt. Maybe a bigger, uh, a dynamic back. You know, Dalvin Cook's still sitting there. That would be hard to pass up if you're Kansas City. But I think the wise move is planning for the future, bringing in a highly talented player in Deshaun Kaiser, who I think he said something along the lines today. I I have an arm like Favre and a head like Brady, but uh, you don't. But I still like you, and you do have confidence apparently, so that's nice. But Andy Reid, I think, could do great things with Deshaun Kaiser for 2018, 2019. I know if you're the Chiefs, so you want to win now, but sometimes you got to take a step back and think big picture. I think this sets up really, really well for them to do exactly that. Dallas on the clock at 28. I think they have to go secondary or they have to go edge pass rusher. Charles Harris is still sitting here, fits the scheme productive, should help immediately. Um, if a couple of their younger guys, David Irving, you know, some of the other dudes that are on the on already on the team, the edge guys, can step up and live their potential, live up their potential, and you mix Harris in the mix, I think that lessens your pass defense problems. Um, this wasn't a real hard selection for me if I was Dallas. You know, I think Harris here, uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's just a, a, a solid, again, it's a solid double. All right. So, off the board today, and you go back to the beginning of the podcast to do the top 20. I'm not spitting them all out again. But Detroit took Jared Davis. Miami took Forrest Lamp. The Giants took David Najuku. I'm getting better at saying his name, by the way. Oakland took Marlon Humphrey. Houston took Cam Robinson, plug him in at right tackle. Seattle takes Kevin King, still entertaining offers for Richard Sherman. Kansas City took Deshaun Kaiser with eyes for the future. High upside player going to a great quarterback whisperer. I think Kaiser should be doing cartwheels about that. Dallas hits a double and takes Charles Harris. Brings us to the Packers. And the fan of me just wanted to put T.J. Watt here, you know, and keep him in Wisconsin and play, pair him with Clay Matthews. But they kept Nick Perry, and corner's a big need for them. I think you really got to consider corner here for sure. Um, offensive line could use a little attention. A running back with size wouldn't be frowned upon at all. Um their receiving core is okay. It's not wonderful. I mean, and I think their second-level linebackers still need help, although that's not a position they prioritize a lot. It's something I think they should step up with. Um, I consider Dalvin Cook strongly here, 
But I still think if Green Bay brings in a back, it needs to be in the Eddie Lacy mold. You can't forget what area of the country you're in. You're hoping every year you're hosting the NFC Championship game. I think you're, if you're the Green Bay Packers, history has shown us you need a power back on your roster to bludgeon teams in the snow and the cold. So Cook would have been a great addition, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would have liked using him. Um, but I went with Adoree Jackson, uh, the corner from Green Bay. An awful, or corner from USC, awful lot of ability. Really, really good returner right off the bat, too. Um, hearing a lot of buzz about this guy is an almost surefire bet as a first-round pick. I like him quite a bit. I've kind of thought from the start that he was a little bit underrated. Before the season started, he was considered you know, a, a high-pedigree um, player from a big-time program. Uh, just look at what Green Bay was playing with at the end of the year at the corner position. So they get a good one here. Uh, again, this is somewhat of a double. Um, you wish he was a little more physical, a little stronger, a little thicker. But boy, he can flip his hips and boy, he can run. He's a really good athlete with man coverage ability. So the Packers take Adoree Jackson. Uh, the Steelers at 30. Um, their biggest need to me is outside linebacker, edge rusher, you know. Um, corner is going to be addressed as well. And I'm sitting here at the Steelers pick going, man, do I want Tack McKinley, Carl Lawson, or TJ Watt? I mean, I think these three players are pretty darn equal. I really like all three. So if you're the Steelers, maybe you trade back to early second round or something like that, if this would be the case. And, but again, we're not doing that. You know, there's a lot more cases here where we out of entertained trading down. Um, I went with Watt uh, reluctantly. I mean, because I think McKinley and even I, I really like Lawson. I bet they like Lawson a lot too. But my thoughts with Watt were if you needed a, a, an edge rusher now, you know, a, a day one starter, I would have taken Lawson. Um, I think because Harrison's there and Dupree's moving along nicely, Watt can get eased in a little bit, add a little more thickness to his frame, let him learn from a good coaching staff, and Harrison with the intentions of maybe his ceiling's quite high. Um, I'm sure the Steelers would love to have Watt. I mean, he's their type of guy. This makes a lot of sense. But there was three guys of basically equal grades at an equal position for me to pick from. Uh, that wasn't an easy choice. So when that happens in the real world, you like it. I mean, if I chance, I didn't just do this to make it because I'm a Steeler guy and I'm a homer, yada, yada. But if it would end up that way and you're a team picking between three pretty much equal prospects at your number one need that you like them all, man, I mean, that's a nice situation to trade down five, six picks and get who falls or whatever. So I think T.J. Watt going to Pittsburgh. Atlanta could use a guard. Could use an edge rusher. I gave him McKinley. You know, I think McKinley has some Vic Beasley-like traits. Um, they do a, a big rotation with their defensive line. Kind of in a situation where, you know, they're not pressed to, to have to do anything. I do think that you better take a guard on day two if you're the Falcons and you take a guy like McKinley. So this is kind of a luxury item. And I'm all about adding luxury items in the form of pass rushers. So McKinley to Atlanta gives them yet another guy that's a, a big-time athlete. Speed on defense is obviously very important to this organization. 
And it's starting to come to fruition on that side of the ball for sure. I mean, we saw that in spades. Okay, last pick of the week. 32nd overall is the Saints. They have already taken pass rusher Derek Barnett. I had mentioned when that pick came around, if you were listening to the first pick on my Wednesday podcast, that I think the Saints, with one of their early picks, could take an offensive skill position. A quarterback, a dynamic running back. I thought about McCaffrey in the first round. A wide receiver, probably a speed guy. I thought about Ross here. I mean, imagine Ross in the dome. Holy smokes. He'd be like the, the freaking roadrunner. Uh, a tight end. Or, or did I say quarterback? I, I think they could take one pick on day one or two that's either a young quarterback or more likely is a versatile, exciting weapon. And that's exactly what I did here with Evan Ingram. And I'm sitting there going, boy, wouldn't Ross be unbelievable in New Orleans, though? But I'm taking Evan Ingram. I like Ingram an awful lot. He's not Jimmy Graham. But, man, I don't like Kobe Fleener at all. Uh, to me, that was never a good fit. I don't think he's a very good player. But Ingram's not really like that. I mean, they walk in the room, they don't. you wouldn't think they play the same position. I think Ingram is more Marquise Colston in Sean Payton's scheme. You know, that uh, a big slot, move them all around. I have no doubt. And he, he's not exactly like Colston. In fact, he's faster. He's certainly not exactly like Fleener or a you know, better version of Jimmy Graham. Um but I also have no doubt that Sean Payton and Drew Brees could find a very good use for Evan Ingram. You know, really, really good player. Good after the catch. Highly athletic. So, you know, they end up with Derek Barnett and Evan Ingram, you know, with, with plenty of picks on the board. It's a nice work for the Saints, you know, and then just go defense the rest of the way. So that's a wrap. I hope you guys have a great weekend. First weekend before the draft. Um, I might record one on Sunday and just keep this train rolling, depending what kind of Twitter feedback you give me. Um, this is fun. I'm enjoying doing it. There's so many good players I still want to pick, find homes for. So maybe we'll just keep rolling along here. All right, spread the word. Take care. Bye.